up a soccer stadium a soccer match this is the people's podcast the podcast solely dedicated to your minneapolis city soccer club i am your host john and beside me as always across the table from me is a soccer version of carl malone to my john stockton mr nathan morales nate are you ready to run the old pick and roll on some fools today you know it, brother as long as you're wearing the signature john stockton shorts i'll take them i think you'd make it work i would i would wear um, high socks though oh right yeah you know you gotta yeah the, the decency, decency, right? Yeah. When it, I, yeah, it's like a, a thigh to calf ratio. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I have I have the proper. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a great show for you today, folks. Um, we made it happen. We have the one and only new head coach Adam Pribble in the house. Adam, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We will get to him in a minute, in a hot minute. But we uh, will have him sprinkle in some stuff throughout the way. We have an update on our first preseason training. And uh, I'm sure you'll want to know uh, what Coach Adam thinks about that. And then we'll talk Summit Keg, uh, some changes to Summit Keg. Some of you may like it, some of you may not like it. Tough, it changed. We can't do anything about it. And then we'll touch a little bit on the loons, talk a little loons talk. Uh, So, Nate, do you think someone across town was listening to our podcast last week? Because either we are... We are self-proclaimed soccer geniuses, or someone was literally listening to everything we said. Yeah, I mean, as we've found in the last couple months, you never know who's listening Mm -hmm. and and what reaction they might have to the show. Um, The Loons, (laughs) uh, they went to Colorado, who haven't really lost a home game since I think Saddam Hussein got pulled out of that hole. I think so, yeah. yeah. (laughs) At least in Colorado. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we kind of took it to them a little bit. We looked so much better. Mm-hmm. And even even the one one or the two two draw the one point yeah. makes it look like uh, we took it to him. The result looks worse than we really showed on the field. We scored something other than a penalty, even though we got a penalty in that one. So it's yep. kind of our thing. Like yep. we're gonna get at least one penalty a game. So Molino, if he keeps taking them, is gonna have to really figure out where he's kicking it. Yep, because it's gonna get pretty predictable after a while. I think um, if I was playing fantasy. MLS Fantasy, you might pick up Molino or Ramirez on the cheap. Because yeah. I think those are the only two guys that are going to be scoring for yeah, us. Yeah, don't pick up anyone <laughs> on the other side of the ball. Yep. Because that's uh, going to lose points. <laughs> but, you know, we each got three takes on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine, of course, is that I was pumped that we started with the fan fa- the fan favorite, like, hometown roster. Yeah. Uh, but we started on a home or on a road game. Would have been nice to have those guys last week. Yeah, I kind of um, touched on that a little bit yeah. when I get into my three. So that's frustrating. Uh, but it's great to see that the guys from the NAS- NASL can hang. Um, Batman, Superman, Coleman, Davis. It was great to great to see them all out there contributing. Gibson. Yep. I would like to reiterate, John, that Schuler is not the best option for us at midfield. Uh, I'll talk about that, too. Uh, and Colin fucking <laughs> Warner uh, looked more dangerous on the attack than that Finnish national. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were right that Venegas is a little... Dribbling dandy out there, he dribbled himself right out of the game. So I didn't, I didn't, I don't believe I talked about that Mm-mm. because everyone who was texting me during the game got a whole earful for from it. Um, not to steal your thunder here, but he is such a diva. Like yeah. Christian Ramirez was doing the work of two forwards. Yep. He was tracking back. He was like, you know, we, he was already off the field when we got the red the red card that we will talk about a little bit too. But. Venegas was just dribbling, like didn't put any work in, head down, all, and then Ramirez is doing all the track back work when he's supposed to be your target guy. Yeah, I think it was a good move to see what our round one pick one could do. It was nice to have him in there. Instead. Yeah, except for he had to play right wing. Yeah, it turns out. Yeah, so, but he looked good when he was going forward, and it was. Uh, I'll get into it. Yep. So obviously the move to Coleman uh, was the roster move of the week, and but what if? What a functional defense did for the attack is really my biggest story. Mm-hmm. There, I wow. think that... You're yeah. growing up, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love uh, it. I love it. Right, this guy, Tayson, he was able to get up farther, so our, our fullbacks were able to actually move up the field. Yeah. Uh, and Warner, your CDM, was able to contribute and make runs into the box, contribute on the attack, which is awesome. Both of those are great things for a team that is supposed to 
overachieve or is we're looking at them to overachieve in the in the attacking department to make up for this uh, this goal defi- or this defensive deficiency. Yeah. So speaking of defensive, just terrible defensive deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, Dimadov, our highest paid player, I believe. Is he? Uh, I believe so. Ugh. I think he's now second unit. Yeah. Can we all agree? Yeah. Um, Coleman, we, you mentioned coming in. I mean, this move was 1A for me, and it should have happened a week ago in the snow opener because it's like, hey, here's a kid from Woodbury, and there's four inches of snow outside. Maybe we'll give him a shot, right? And then we saw him play in better conditions, and I thought um, overall the, the reason why it worked with him and Calvo, and I thought they still need to work on some stuff, and that's your pairing going forward. Mm-hmm. It's much better than the first pairing tell you that but Calvo looked bad because who knew, knows what Dimadov was doing so they were ca- kind of like is it a language barrier is it just like a positionally they don't play well together you know it's, is it like positive and negative ions mm-hmm. see I'm getting nerdy there's You're some chemistry right yeah. that's chemistry that's chemistry yep so I don't know if if that's what it was I would like to see a little more communication between the two of them you didn't see it a lot they were talking to each other but it just looked like that'll come with time mm-hmm. but it made Calvo look better because when he got the ball, he wasn't like there was someone open for him, or he was tracking back on defense and someone told him he could step instead of leaving a huge gap behind them where a forward run through. So I thought, um, yeah, the introduction of Coleman was the right way to do it. I think it was a little too late. Um, I also love that at the half when they interviewed Adrian Heath, that he was really honest. He was like, "We are, we are better than this." There's been a lot of garbage talked about us. Like, we are going to come out, and it's going to be a different team. And he's like, today's not Schuler's day. Ibsen's coming in, and here are the two things I told him to do, and he's going to go do them. And then what happened? Ibsen came in and did the exact two things. And, you know, I don't know, maybe a 30-year-old guy who had Champions League experience, maybe try starting him out in the beginning of the year instead of guys that have maybe have, like, second division European experience. Um, so... He also said, like, um, you know, the team will come back and will put an effort in. And then after the game, he reiterated, I don't care what garbage has been said about the team. I believe these guys are good enough. Like, he said the things that you need from a coach when your team's not winning. Yeah. And he meant it. And you could tell he meant it because he was like, I'm going to do this and that. And if the scoreline stays the same at halftime, I'm bringing on Dunlandi and see what he can do because he's – better than a half-ass Venegas running around doing nothing. You know, like, you could just tell it in, in his voice. Um, but to talk a little bit about the Schuler thing, he is a good player. He's even played at a position, Nate. So he should be that holding guy. He's basically our Steve, right? Mm-hmm. He should be sitting in front of the defense, getting the ball, and starting the attack with it. And Warner and Ibsen or Saeed, those guys are the ones that need to link more with the attack. So that's why he's being asked to play a, another level up. And you're going to see that happen in Chicago with – news that Bastian Schweinsteiger is there. Yeah. They want, they're going to play him in an advanced role. It's like, what are you thinking? Like, f- release the guy that's already there if you don't want him to play the position. So, anyways, I think he's better up the field. But the last quick thing so we can get into this, um, I don't know what the pairing is in the middle, but it needs to have Ibsen in it. And it needs to have, like, a 60-minute beginning Ibsen or – a 60-minute ending at Gibson or a 45-minute ending Gibson. You need to have him on for at least a half a game. Yeah. Whether you start with him or you bring him on, that's their call. But um, anyways, enough about those guys. Yeah. I mean, I think this weekend might be tough without Calvo and Venegas and Schuler and Molino and Davis, uh, all dudes that played pretty good roles, right. pretty big roles in this last game. Um, but next week, when they're back at home, I'm fired up. So yep. it'll be cool. Sounds good. Uh, so Twitterer and pro Rel nice guy. Uh, Twitterer Pro Rel Nice Guy, our, one of our followers, yep. is thinking the same thing that I am. We saw some news last week that due to the U.S. Amateur Cup, mm-hmm. there might be some rescheduling, yes. some shuffling of the date of the Summit keg match against the Bavarians that we had scheduled for the Dells. And uh, so what's the word from the front office, John? Yes, so I have some sad news. Uh, the Summit keg has been put on ice. See what I did there? Hey, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be put on ice until later in the summer. Um, like you mentioned, the U.S. Amateur Cup, it's the second oldest competition behind the U.S. Open Cup in North America. Um, it has regional matchups on April 22nd. So in order to qualify for that, you have to win your state league. Yeah. So uh, the Bavarians won the Wisconsin League. I don't think they've lost in like maybe five, six years. So um, the flip side of that, good news, uh, 
the luck of the draw, City Parent Club Stegmans, their Division One MASL team won the Minnesota Cup, so they qualified for it. It's the luck of the draw. Guess who we play? We play each other. Sweet. So there will be some um, some crossover. The game will be in Milwaukee at 7 p.m. on Saturday, April 22nd. It's awesome because if you want to come down and cheer on some of the crows that cross over, you still can. And Beer Hall, Milwaukee, like a night or two, like come on. It's, it's a good time. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time. So uh, I'll be helping coach Adams fully got his city hat on, so no need to introduce him to Stegman's guys he's never met before and try to figure out how to win a game. Um, I know these guys a little bit better, and I can just step in. And Plus, I get to coach them out the field I used to play on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta just, you yeah, know, that's uh, cool. Um, so for the keg fans, um, sorry, we'll get something on the books, probably either um, just before as a tune-up for PLA and MPSL playoffs or after co- both teams' college players go back and they'll just – We'll have a, a men's keg match. So the people who probably couldn't drink out of said keg um, <laughs> won't be there. So, yeah. So there we go. All right. Um, so that's it. So sorry, fans. Nothing we can do. We will play the Bavarians for the Summit keg in pink at some point. Yep. TBD. TBD. So, John, seeing as we have the coach in-house, uh, I wanted to take the opportunity to – uh, talk about the first training session in, in preseason. I think a lot has been said about building the team and how excited everyone is yes. for the type of players we have. But now that they're hitting the field, well, it'd be nice to get a little update uh, on what's going on. So, of course, Adam, feel free to chime in. You're the caretaker. Absolutely. But, John, what did you see at training? So, I'm so glad you kindly mentioned that we need to talk about this. So, um, <laughs> so like you said... Start of preseason last week. We were blessed to have like 23 guys out there. It turned up for a really great session. The mix was guys on the roster, um, some back from college. Um, our dev players were there. A random guy from Denmark who won't be playing with us. So he came He came with Steve. <laughs> so uh, one of his Green Bay teammates who didn't obviously go to Denmark for spring break. So um, And then uh, some of our uh, – two of our players who came from the trial that are still training with us. So we had a good mix. Um, you know, first look – is that it's there's a difference between last year and this year, mm-hmm. and I think that it, it's a it's a mixture of what our players said after our individual one on ones, um, and we took a deep look into that um, and felt we needed to change some things on that end, and also organizationally. And Adam was part of some of these conversations we had. Um, we need to take a deep look at us in general and adjust to make sure that we can set ourselves up for success. What I mean by that is there was talk about like in the preseason. Uh, the facility we played at wasn't great on the guys. Mm-hmm. So we switched that. Um, some of the guys were like, during the trainings, no slight on anybody, but there's too many guys and not enough eyes on what's going on. I never know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I don't hear it once, and I might not find out what I'm supposed to do for five, ten minutes. Right. Um, you know, and it was little things like that that we could clear up for some of the guys. So, um, for the you know we, we did a little team talk talked about our goals got us all geared up um, did a warm up the beep test got to got to see those guys that followed the the um, the plan the that Adam sent out for fitness and the great line was when you said um, so we're gonna be doing the beep test we'll find out who read the training plan I sent <laughs> right. out about a month ago <laughs> um, so we had that. And then did a couple series of drills, and here's what I was talking about. There were five coaches um, there, six if you count uh, Doug, who was working just with the goalies. Right. Uh, seven if you count me, who I was just kind of just watching and just seeing how things were going um, at every station of the drills. So in constant feedback coming yeah. from everyone, and it was like positive and negative feedback. You know, like a cross comes in and it's behind a guy. Um, you know, one of the members of the staff, we'll get into um, everyone in a little bit with, with Adam, but one of the members of the staff saying, it can't be behind the guy. Like, it's a wasted cross. Just something simple like that. Then the next time the guy's going to cross, he's thinking, like, I need to make sure I have my head up so I can see where I'm playing the ball in. Just simple stuff like that. And it was great because it's coming from everywhere, every angle. Um, and then uh, guys were in and out of drills, on to the next thing. There was no, like, ever standing around for anything. It was like, at one point, you're like, "Oh shit, we need to give these guys water," because we just everyone's just right. just buzzing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did some small sided stuff, but like I said, players are buzzing, level of play much higher. I think some of the dev and trial guys were like, "Holy shit!" Like this isn't what it was when I first got introduced to this. When it was like a tryout, 
these are like legit players. And you see a guy like Coleman or Martin like yelling at them to pass the ball and get rid of it. And it's not like some random men's league guy saying like pass me the ball because they're in air quotes always open. It was a guy who's like, no, you're going to get killed if you don't pass me the ball. And I am open. So give it to me because I know what I'm doing with it. It was a lot of like wide eyes, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but overall, just really happy with what I saw. Can't wait for the summer. So Adam, now that we know what your soccer boss thinks, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what you saw at training and kind of what are you looking looking to build on moving forward? You know, we uh, as a coaching staff, we kind of um, identified a few goals that we had for especially this preseason in March, and um, and I think the first session really hit the mark. Uh, we were trying to establish fitness, a defensive mindset just getting some technical touches on the ball and, and then um, and really establishing a culture on the team. And I think what John was talking about is having a lot of coaches involved, um, guys that are invested in the team. And then not only that, but, you know, no dead time. Um, you know, let's get, let's get the heart rate up and let's get working so that it, it's a game-like situation. Mm-hmm. You can hit a cross, you know, if you're standing still and you're just looking them down, that's great. But if you're on the run and you just ran the beat test, now, we're, now you're getting into 70th minute type stuff. Um, there was a couple 70th minute looking faces. Yeah. <laughs> so, In the 15th minute, right? Yeah, right. What I, you know, I never... Grew, grew up playing soccer. What is the beep test? Okay, so the beep test is, I mean, and every single player out there, when I said beep test, they all knew, and mm-hmm. you could see it on their faces. Um, but it, it's basically, it's an, I think it's an old British thing uh, that's been adapted 18 million times, but 20 yards apart, and you start, and it's like you have 20 seconds to run 20 yards, and then interval beeps, and it just gets faster and faster and faster. So you can't leave one station until it beeps. Right. Okay. And so by the end, I, I clocked it, and they ran over 4,000 meters, um, which is, I don't know, around you know two-plus miles. So the guys that ran you know the furthest. Um, and it was really interesting to see who ran like – a guy like Coleman, who's getting up there, yeah. I don't, and he, he came was, in like third, yeah, he came in third. He ran like, you know, so it's it's those experienced guys that are really going to help push the younger guys. Yeah, who uh, who came in first, second? Max. Max Kent. Went Max, full Max, Max Kent. Kent. Not yeah. medium Kent. Not, <laughs> yeah. me, not moderate Kent. Superboy. Yeah, I think we probably could would have had to like stop him. Yeah, he was going to keep going. He was going to keep going. We kind of like okay, yeah. Also really impressed with Martin. Martin dropped out around fourth or fifth, and but, he, kept, he, but kept, he kept running. He kept running it to keep keep going. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was impressed with that, yeah. too. And then it was uh, Steve and then Will Kidd. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then I don't know. So, and what we do, I mean, what we do with that, it's a really good thing to kind of measure right away. Have you guys been keeping up with things? It's a good thing to set the tone. And then we're going to do it again in a month and say, all right, now where are you guys at? So, wow. All right. And it can help be a differentiator. Mm-hmm. Like, decision-making time yeah so back in September Adam great to have you uh, the team announced that you were the new sheriff in town mm-hmm. and uh, and you are the athletic director and director of student activities at Correct. De La Salle High like School one... it's one and the same so the thing that the high schools do now is that it's not athletic director that's like an old term because I you know it's all the clubs and activities I do it all Oh, and that keeps it keeps it fair. Keeps the right, like an right. illusion of like fairness. It's all PC, man. Yeah, it's yeah, all PC. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're like, come on, man. Right, debate right. team is going to get the same recognition. Exactly. As the basketball Everyone team, gets a ribbon. works that way. Yeah. Everyone gets a ribbon. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are happy to have you. Uh, how Thank are you doing, you. man? It's good to see you. Doing really well. Thanks for having uh, me. We are so glad you could join us because we know you're probably a little busy with your with your De La Salle sports duties. You've got couple teams in various state tournaments right now? That's right. Girls uh, were just in the state tournament last week. Uh, they won the Constellation Championship, and now the boys are going for their sixth state championship in a row. So Islanders are everywhere, they, exactly. according to the signs in my neighborhood. <laughs> 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 That's so right. let's run through your bio real quick. So because you were kind of in the background for many fans last, last year That's as right. far as being on the staff, um, and so some of the fans and listeners might not know who you are. So you're from Minnesota, correct? Where, where are you from? St. Paul, Minnesota. So like right outside the main entry of the uh, Minnesota State Fair. That's where my parents. So where, where did that so put Como. you? Yeah. Was that, that put you in Como? Yeah. Okay, so what's the mascot at Como? I don't even know. Uh, I, so I tried to go to Central when I was going to high school, and they said it was open enrollment. You're going to Como. I said, nah, I don't want to hang out with Will Kidd. Um, <laughs> so, so I actually went to De La Salle for high school. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's how we kind of get everything started. Right. So where did you grow up? Um, so you, you, obviously you grew up in St. Paul, but like right. club soccer? What? Started with the Blackhawks. Uh, played Blackhawks for a long time. Then at the time, NS, NSSA was a big club back then. Uh, so I played premier soccer with them and then switched over to St. Louis Park, actually. Um, so I know that we've done some stuff with the spam group. Yep. Um, I, I know all those guys played with those guys. Nice. Mm-hmm. So then after that, you attended St. John's. Yes. Uh, where, of course, you spent your time in the net. Tell us a little bit about playing some college soccer. You know, uh, it was an interesting, I probably had an interesting career at St. John's because I played my freshman year there, uh, came down, I, I was kind of missing the city up at St. John's, came down, went to the U of M for a year, went back up, played for another year, and then I skipped over um, skipped over to St. Cloud State. I actually okay. snuck on to the St. Cloud nice. State club team. Um because St. John's, they had a goalkeeper in front of me that was like 6'5", really good keeper. It's like a Nordic. Yeah, just, and I was like, I'm not going to play. Uh, and like so Catholic. I went to the St. Cloud State, and they had a club team, and I'm like, right, uh, you guys need a keeper. I'm going to play. And they never checked uh, my college ID. Um, so you played in college. Can I say this on here? No, <laughs> no one's listening. Unless there, are any, unless there are any championships you won or records that you set. Well, it's like, uh, it's like on, uh, on Major League where he's like, you can't say that on the radio. He's like, ah, oh, no one gives a shit. Right. No one's listening. It's pretty much what it is. So, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, say whatever you want. Right. So, so yeah, that, come to, like, the player talk? that's it. I probably didn't have the uh, traditional college career, um, but the nice thing is, is that I got to play right back. I played a little striker. I played a little keeper. So I think as a coach, it really benefited me. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you still put the gloves on in the men's league, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into kind of coaching. Where where did you get your start coaching? Was it kind of like you helped out when you were like in high school? With the club, local club, or like, how, how did you get? So, uh, coming out of college, I was working at a, my my buddy's dad owned like a law office. When I first came out of high school, I was you know supposed to be education uh, social studies teacher. Couldn't find a job. Took this job in a god awful office, and I basically when I was going nuts typing away, I was like, I got to do something else. I emailed um, an old friend of mine, Jonathan Schaefer, who runs Tonka United, and I was like, I need, can you have a, do you have a position for me? I want to coach. I'll take anything. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I got like a U16C3 team. Um, tossed me a team. In a couple of years, they were C1, and that, you know, just kind of took off from there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. So maybe give us a little look into the um, the road from there to get to us. So you... You know, you eventually get your job at De La Salle. And right. Then, so from that C3 to C1 team, what was next? So, you know, so um, I, I'll say probably what led me to Minneapolis City is that I have a terrible inability. I can't say no. Um, and, and really, that's I think that's how Minneapolis City all came together. Kind of. <laughs> There's a yeah. bunch of guys who are like, oh, we take on a little bit too much. But um, I, I was working at Fairview <laughs> Hospital, um, actually just down the road here. I'm looking at it out this window. Um, and the, um, I was working there as a counselor um, with uh, mental health and like chemical dependency with teenagers. And I got a call from the athletic director at DLSL, said, we have this position for you. Would you like to be the men's soccer coach? This is one week before the season started. Um, so there was something that happened with the coach there. He said, I can't do it anymore. So I stepped in. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and um, it, within a couple of years, I'd taken a team that had 45 kids in the program, and they were not very good. Um, and now we, in, within t- three years, we had been to a state championship, and now there's over 100 kids in the program. Nice. Um, so I think from there and just working really hard, and um, eventually I had lunch with uh, Dan. Mm-hmm. And Dan, uh, I think he actually contacted me because he wanted to use Deal Sal as the home pitch for Minneapolis City. There's that, no secret we still want to do that. Absolutely. Right, right now, it's, it's not the plans right, <laughs> right now. So. Right, um, But through that conversation, he's like, oh, wait a minute. You train goalkeepers as well. Um, and that's really how it started with Minneapolis City. So Nice. So John um, John can take the criticism. He's got some thick skin. And, I've, you know, we've, give, we've dished out as much criticism on the show as, you know. I've taken it. If you don't have thick skin, you shouldn't be a yep. coach. Right. Um, but – even if he and the rest of the coaching staff weren't here, weren't listening, uh, how did year one go for you with Minneapolis City? 
Well, year one was, um, at least for me, coming in, uh, once again, here's my inability to say no. I was coaching two to three teams out of Tonka United. And so when I was, you know, in the conversations, like, I'm going to do everything I can. Um, but that, that amounted to, like, you know, one to two trainings a week um, if I could make it. Um, so I wasn't as involved maybe as I'd like to be. Um, you know, but I developed some really good relationships with people in the club and, you know, a lot of the players. Um, but, uh, you know, to be quite frank with some of the coaching staff, um, I, I just personally, I saw areas where I thought we could improve. Mm-hmm. I thought we could get better. And, and the number one thing is, um, as a coach, I always look at things like you have to be self-reflective. What can I do better for my guys? Um, and what I saw from year one is that it was, you know, like, what, what, what can the players give What's us? What's everyone else doing wrong? Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and for me, it's like we have, a, we have a responsibility to these guys to make them better and to push them and to get them to the next level because a lot of these guys want to play at the next level. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's – sorry, I'm going to no, that's good. interject here. I think that it's, like I said, totally can take it. But I think we all were aligned, I think, that the group that came back the next – this year is that we when it was hard for me to go go through initially and talk to the player one on ones and hear the same thing over and over again and it was just like god damn it like yeah how do we miss that you know but knowing that like we can we can fix it and just be like okay I have to be better at this mm-hmm. like maybe I have to be better at putting together a player pool that if there's adversity we can fight through it right, and win a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it doesn't take 11 guys traveling to Madison kind of thing. You know, like, so I, I think that you're 100% right on that. Like, we had to look at ourselves first. Right. And then you look at the players and say, like, honestly, on the field, we, under, we underachieved on the field and off the field. But, uh, I, and I think anyone will tell you this, you're one with anything the hell i mean you're throwing <laughs> stuff against a wall and hoping it sticks you know yeah so i i mean frankly that's why people stick with it that's why people keep on showing up that's why we have the fans that we do because they recognize that we're all trying yeah you know and that's the biggest thing if you recognize issues and you fix it then who cares now that you're the head coach was is that uh, does that come from a little more the I couldn't say no side of you or more the uh, I see I've identified a, a way that we can improve I would, and, a, and a space for improvement? Yeah, I would never, ever take this job out of I can't say no because it's too big. Um, it, you know, like it's not one of those things like I, I have to be there, you know, and not only that, um, but I, I want everything to be very well thought out. So. The time that I put into this outside of here, um, and no one needs to know that. But uh, you know, like I said, I feel big responsibility not only to John and Dan and everyone and all the fans, um, but to the players because they've entrusted their time to me, and mm-hmm. I and I take that to heart. So, I think too that um, the preparation thing it it does take a lot, and it John knows that <laughs> it can't it can't be a Ah, you know, oh, sure, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was when we were going through the process. It was like, you know, what what type of plan do you think you want to put forward? So it wasn't like a, hey, Adam, go coach the team kind of thing. Like we talked through it, and we had to make sure that Adam had time for it because we we discussed like, do you have time for this? Can mm-hmm. this fit in? And I think that you know this is a good stepping stone to help you if if there's things outside of Minneapolis City that you want to do in coaching. It's yeah. It, this is a good resume builder. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, wh- whether it goes 100% right or 25% right, it's a good builder. And just- well, and to and to that extent, you know, and that's not the primary reason. I'd say the biggest thing for me is that there's not a whole lot of things in probably in life in general. And here we get a little philosophical, but there's yeah, not a lot of deep, things get deep as that you, want, you man. really believe in. You know, like and it everyone that's involved in this really believes in it. And I believe in it. Um, and, and that's a really cool thing. So so take a quick U-turn. Um, we'll start the U-turn, and then we'll finish it um, <laughs> from this topic slightly. So you have a staff now. We yeah, talked about it a little pe- bit. The people involved. Yeah, mm-hmm. the people involved. Um, so 
run us through who the coaches are. I mean, introduce yeah. them to the fans. Like these people are the guys, and uh, absolutely, they're gonna you know do the things that the fans probably will never see, and maybe you'd see you'll see them on the sidelines together yeah. infrequently. Yeah, um, it, it's really so. It's 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 funny with the with this kind of organization because there's a there's a sweet spot you have to hit. It's like you really want really good coaches, but you also want really good coaches that are there's a lot of coaches out there that if they're really good coaches they want they want the big money um or they want to get paid you know mm-hmm. um and, and frankly we're all out here doing it just because we want to be here right. um and so uh the you know my lead assistant his name is william uh totome and i'm sorry william if i just butchered your last name um but he's a guy that i actually i've coached against for years um, and, and I just like, I, I was talking to some of my buddies. I'm like, this dude, he's like me in a mirror, um, except he's black, so not not quite, you know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've met up with William like over and over and over again, and we've talked about it. And he's just a high energy, like really organized guy. Um, and I think the guys from like session one were like, he gained their respect right away. Oh, I 100. percent could agree with you more. Like it, even in just like warm ups, it's like yeah. if I remember I walked by and he's like, "If you don't warm up properly, there's no way you make this team." At the first tryout, it's and intense. Like, it's like a really guy, intense one guy. One guy was like, "Okay." Yeah, I mean, I've <laughs> never seen an assistant. Yeah. I mean, he just jumped out there and he's leading the guys. He's like, instead of a coach, I'm the lazy coach. Like you guys jog around, get warmed up. He's jogging in front of the guys, like, like you know, barking up. orders. Yeah. Like, the drill sergeant guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's... But, he's a, but a nice drill sergeant. Right. Yeah. I don't it, know how else to put it than that. He's a strange... But I love him. Um, yeah. So he's the assistant. You're going to see him. And I'll tell you, uh, from coaching against him, the only thing I told him is, like, look, if I'm getting amped up on the sideline, you can't do the same thing. Uh, you're going to have to be the guy that pulls my shirt and grab me down because William oftentimes is up on the end line <laughs> screaming so i just never sit down so no one can grab my shirt. <laughs> um <laughs> well we know from the u.s open cup that if anyone's fired up on the sideline and they get close to out of control elder can come over and calm them down exactly <laughs> like he did to you yeah. <laughs> so. there you go <laughs> um so where to go from there uh, jeremy yep vaskovich uh, once again uh, probably it was it's actually iwaskovich <laughs> We had him Summer. on. We had him on, and we, <laughs> we made him say it like four there times. You go. Like, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Jeremy's fantastic. I, I think everyone in you know, like I think everyone in the club, like if they would have had their way, he would be the head coach. Um, but he just he has so many commitments. He doesn't have the time. But head coach at Bethel, and he's really smart, really down to earth, um, really knows the game of soccer well. Um, and, and he's so well-tempered that he's able to deliver it in a way that the guys can chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not afraid to come up to me and be like, dude, what are you doing? Um, so that's really someone that we wanted to keep on the bench. Um, he's a good umbrella. Yeah, he really is. He really Coaching is. umbrella. Um, from there, there's a couple staff guys that we have. And, and once again, I think that goes to John's point, like, we need to have guys there that um, that are dedicated and passionate. Um, so there's a guy named John Pucci. He's a younger guy. Coach. Um, he he's been coaching with me for about four or five years. Play I think. Stegman's? Yep. I think he's 24, 25. He coaches or he teaches in the St. Paul School District. Um, and and I brought him on because he's one of the guys that he came to me five years ago and said, "I want to help you coach." He's like, can I help? You know, I said, I don't have a position for you, but if you can you want to scout a few games. And so he scouted like 30 games when I asked him to do five and gave me like three page printouts on everything. I'm like, this is a guy that we want in the organization. He just works hard and he's a good guy. And the Stegman ties is awesome. And maybe he scouts some games for us because we have a lot of local oh, games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be scouting. Um, there's another coach then named Forrest Randall. Brought Forrest in. We met each other through uh, USSF Soccer and doing some coaching licensing stuff. He's the assistant coach at McAllister. Um, on the, I want to say he's on the men's side. Yeah, he's on the men's side. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, nope. he's, so, he's, <clears throat> so he's Max's coach. He's one of Max's coaches, yep. yeah. Because um, Jesse Campos is the equivalent. On the, on the women's uh, side. The equivalent on the women's yeah. side. Yeah. 
So I've played men's league with Forrest, and I know him well, good friends with him. Um, and he's just a guy who's he's a high-level guy. He's organized. Um, and then he's got... Um, I wish I could. I wish I knew that, but he's got his fitness. He's a fitness coach, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and so I wanted What's to call some sort it's of like certification, ACSM or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's not like a personal trainer, but he's like he's like a, it's fitness certified. Right, right. So he could be a strength and conditioning coach, and I thought it was important to bring in someone like that who I could be like, yo, this is my idea is this dumb or what should we be having these guys do in terms of recovery, in terms of game preparation, stuff like that. Um, and, and, f- and I, th- as long as I don't think I'm forgetting anyone, then there's Doug Sidney. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Doug is, Doug. Doug's an enigma. Uh, I, I, I've coached with him in terms of goalkeepers a few times and we got along really well. We just saw the game at the same pace. Uh, and he's a guy who knows Matt Elder, and he's worked with the other goalkeepers. Peter, he knows Peter. Yeah. And a couple times last year when I couldn't be there, and I just felt bad that I couldn't be there, I'd call up Doug like, Doug, can you stop by this random field and help train our goalkeepers? And he'd show up. Um, so he, he was a no-brainer, and the guys love him. Um, he communicates well, and and he was a he was a big-time goalkeeper himself. He was a goalkeeper at Notre Dame. So Yeah. Uh, that kind of pedigree we couldn't pass up. So that's first of all, that's all of that was breaking news up until the, uh, yeah. except for Jeremy and Doug, right? So all the, each of those I guys mean, we Doug haven't probably, heard of. Probably, Doug probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we talked a little bit last week when we were at the Viking Bar, like, hey, goalkeeper coach Doug's his name is Doug. Yeah. <laughs> each of them, uh, and he worked out in the Open Cup too. So we talked a little bit about Doug helping us out in the Open Cup. But. Each of them, you introduced them all yeah. to the fans. There so that's go. great. Uh, Welcome, <laughs> and that's a that's a six man, including yourself. That's a six man coaching staff, which is a little more, a little more, a little more than two or three, uh, two and a half. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that means that this year there there's going to be some more. Uh, like you said, one guy will be able to go out and scout, things like that. You're going to be there's going to be a few more moving pieces, yep. things to organize. So now that you've got the keys to this well well oiled machine, it, it can kind of become an extension of your will, yeah. right? And your coach your coach Jeremy uh, is best known for his mantra: "Soccer is a gift." What is your coaching philosophy? What is the what what kind of a will will this team bend to? Uh, the big thing for me, and I'll say it over and over and over again, is selflessness. Um, and, and it's such a, to me, soccer is the, it's like the ultimate team sport. Because, um, I mean, there's so many things. It, so soccer, to me, is like, it's it's like a living organism. There's a lot of things happening, um, and it's like an ebb and flow, and it never really stops. Soccer right? is an amoeba. Right. There's no timeouts. There's no, like, hey, you know, I'm not calling out plays. I'm not doing anything that the mm-hmm. guys don't already know. Um, but it's just different eyes and different perspectives. Um and so my biggest thing is selflessness. You have to work for each other. You're not doing it for yourself. We all have, That's why we're all talking right now, March, is I'm talking to guys about individual goals and team goals um, because I want to get to the heart of motivation. Why yeah. are these guys doing what they're doing? Why they're playing for this team? Um, because once you get to the heart of that, then it's, okay, can I help you steer you and say, this is how you get to your individual goals by accomplishing the team goals. Oh, and by the way, you get to those team goals by working for each other. Um, so if you don't make that extra run, you're basically flicking off your teammate. Yeah. Right? And that's that, in, that's that thing we have to instill in their brain is if you're leaving a guy to play one-on-one defensively and you don't get behind in cover, you're basically telling him to F off. All right? That's that's the definition of a selfish soccer player. So be selfless. Mm-hmm. Play for each other. Get behind the ball. Um, you know, between between you and I and all the listeners, John has really put together a fantastic roster on paper. Um, and now it's the coaching staff and the guys working together to kind of prove that that roster that we put together, it lives up to the hype. Um because right now, coming into the first training camp, I told the guys, you're just not, you're nothing right now. Yeah. Now it's up to you guys to prove it. Well, and that selflessness even goes up to your coaching staff. Like you said, it's got to be guys that aren't doing this for the money. They're doing it, you know, for their own reasons. They're doing it because of the connections with people or just because mm-hmm. they like to get out there. But let's talk about that roster. Uh, one year in and our status as an interesting 
established team uh, has really only helped to attract new players, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, so it's clear that this experience and talent level that, we, that the team has is an upgrade over last year. Uh, nothing against the guys last year, but it's just the team's developing. We're growing. Right. We're getting better. We are deep, dude, right? And how do you make sure <laughs> you've got the right guys on the lineup sheet that's going to keep us deep and dangerous? You know, uh, Jeremy uh, it comes up to me probably every training or 100%, I know what you're every single time. He goes, <laughs> how are you going to pick a team? How are you going to pick 18? And then how are you going to pick a starting roster? we got 10 minutes to spend on how you're going to pick this team. <laughs> yeah. so don't answer it all at once. There you go. a lot of questions to break it down. But uh, I would say the biggest thing is we've, com we we've made a competitive – We've made a depth chart, mm -hmm. and at every position there's competition, and competition breeds excellence. And the guys know that, and so they're going to come out. And and it also it's about accountability and responsibility. Are you guys showing up to training? Are you guys showing up when you say you're going to show up? Are you communicating well? Are you doing the community service that's really important to our club? All of these things are going to factor into team selection, and, and really kind of weeding out the you know the men from the boys. Yeah. <laughs> and fitness. And fitness. And, fitness. <laughs> and beep. There are. Well, it's funny because so we do like the, the press junkets. And today the MPSL Northerner released um, the roster and broke it down. And I had been in contact with a couple people for that. And he was like, so without telling me what's going to happen here, uh, what, what can we expect? And I was <laughs> like, I was like, we're going to be fit. And we're gonna punch people in the mouth. And he's like, I don't know if I can write about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like, fitness, is, fitness is key. Like, so I, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a differentiator. Yeah. Yep. Get, so guys listening, get fit. Get fit. <laughs> we went on and asked uh, our the Twitter sphere to send us some questions. And as Fantastic. as you would know from excited fans, they're all probably about the roster. A lot yes. of questions about the players. A lot of questions about the depth chart. Uh, so. We have to ask these questions. I would have asked them anyway, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. So a number of position battles, of course, out there, and we'll, we'll go from, from back to front. Um, one of them was brought up by Twitter user MJ Matsui, who asks, with newcomers, Nick Hines, uh, Max Kent, Joey Gustafson, and Brian Coleman, uh, plus the returning core, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of pretty solid defenders when you add in Abdallah Ba, Trey Benhart, Aaron Olsen, right? Uh, Chuck, yep. Charlie Adams. You have Charlie Adams, you got Nate. Um, AJ can play center back. AJ plays center back now. At least he did in the U.S. Open Cup. Mm -hmm. um, what's the back four going to look like? Um, so you guys were talking Minnesota United before. Um, you you got to figure out one what works together. And and I would say the toughest thing with your back line is that you don't want to interchange your center backs mm -hmm. very often. You want to get a pairing together that works well. That being said. Um, we also know what the MPSL and Division Four soccer is all about. Everyone has other jobs. Yep. Um, so there's guys that are not going to be able to be at certain games and this, that, and the other. Plus it's the summer. Right. So people it's the travel. summer. So people want to do things. And we get that as well. So we're going to, you know, we will mix it up. And we're also going to be cognizant of people's minutes. Yeah. Uh, we don't want guys to gas themselves so that when we get it to the regional playoffs and we get to the national playoffs and whatever they're nursing injuries, guys are they're, they're fatigued guys are guys are fresh yeah and that's the one i think that's the one piece that's really going to set us apart there may be some teams that have like whatever some top level talent but do they have guys three four and five under each position that can step in and do a great job right and we when building the team like constantly together like here's the depth chart i have it at now mm -hmm. green signed reds maybe never going to happen but we're trying and yellow is Lukewarm, and then you like, get a couple bolts out of blue that'll shake that up. And well, like with Martin, Martin wanted to play pro soccer and went yep. on trials, and he was in the red the whole time. But we knew, like, if Martin comes back and decides not to go somewhere else, he's playing with us. So, so let, yeah, let's move up the midfield because yeah. I think talk, speaking of Martin, that's good. It's a little just as crowded, if not a little more, in the midfield. Um, are the guys that rise to the top out of training going to help? inform the formations and the way that you the way that you play or or are you going to be picking starters based on your system i have a general um i have a general way an idea of the way i like to play um and and i probably won't, like and i'm not oh, going to give away john siri 
jumped in and it's out of there. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to give away too much yet, but it, yeah. it, but I'll, I'll tell you that, it, like John said, fitness will be a key. Um, we're going to press teams. We're going to counter press teams. Uh, we're going to play high up the field. So yeah. that's it. Um, it. You know, and our and our midfielders are really going to dictate that. That all starts from the middle of the field. And like you said, there's a lot of really good battles. And frankly, they have yet to unfold. I can't make informed decisions just yet. I know the guys from what I've seen, but until I see them really go at it in training and start to push each other, then the, you know the cream will rise to the top. We've had one training session. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, you could like see that everybody wants it. Yeah, it's good. So finally, forwards. Our guy David Baker, uh, the founder of the Minneapolis Citizens, tweeted to ask. Are there any plans to bring in a true striker? And I kind of know the answer because we talked about this last at the Viking, where you said like we're pretty much done mm-hmm. unless someone amazing comes along. Mm-hmm. So the answer is probably no. But that points out a different kind of depth issue, mm-hmm. and that is with Will Kidd, Goose, and Whitney, we've got some pretty solid attacking forwards. But really, you've only got Timmy Willis as a as a real sneaky uh, center fielder. And uh, center field, center. I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, hit, let's hit rewind. So, you got anyway, you got Timmy Wells as a real sneaky, real sneaky, but beyond beyond that, it's really Connor Stevenson as the, the only true striker on the roster. Uh, is this really a concern of yours at all? No, uh, you know, um, I think, and people want to talk about that, and that's fine. I mean. Do Everybody, we, that's do our we, question mark. Yeah, but. do we need uh, Peter Crouchy out there, like a six, eight, you know, six six center straight? Uh, no, we don't. Not we take him. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wants Peter, to come and eat yeah. his nachos here. We'd have him. Never but. scored in the NPSL. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it got it got it almost got us Jamie Watson. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe next year. But I'll tell you. Um, I think what people are going to see is uh, a couple different things. The, one, the way that we play, um, it, it, you're not, we're not going to need an out-and-out, you know, lone center forward. And, you know, um, we're going to be interchanging lanes. We're going to be moving. We're going to be filling gaps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the, the attacking style we're going to play and causing turnovers in, a, in their defensive third, we're not going to need – we're going to need finishers, yeah. Um, but I think we've got some really clinical finishers on the team. Um, and I'll give a you know a, a tip to Miles Stockman Willis. Uh, He's been texting me every every other day like I can't wait to score goals. I can't wait to score <laughs> goals. And this guy wants to be up top, and yeah. I don't think he's gotten the opportunity, frankly, too many times in his career to do that. And I'm excited to see him get up top and and see what he can do. So it sounds to me like you're going to use the. Uh, the glut of midfielders that we have as an advantage to say like we're we're using these midfielders we've got the we've got a lot of guys that are hungry they want to score and we've got some speedy dudes down the wing mm-hmm. and we're gonna you know coupled with your your punch you in the face style that you you described it uh, it's gonna work out for us you count on that to lead the attack it's a goal right yeah, <laughs> yeah. what would you know what what I saw what I saw last year and what I what I what we will see this year is that we're looking um, we're looking for guys that can not only check to hold the ball but we're looking for guys that can get on the back shoulder of a defender and stretch the defense um, and, and like I said I just think the style that we're gonna play um, you, you know we're not we're not going to be we're not going to be sending the 40-yard balls to a tall striker who needs to hold it up. We're going to be right. – it's going to be very possession-oriented, very attack-minded. So That's uh, that's always so nice to watch. Right. <laughs> it, and it's interesting, like, you know, sorry, David, for shitting all over your question here. But I, I didn't try to – I didn't shit on it. <laughs> I think it's I'm the gonna, question everyone's asking. He's about to I'm shit gonna, on I'm it. About, I'm about ready to shit on it. <laughs> um He's on a shirt. He's fine. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like a lot, I know. I know what he is thinking. It's where are the goals going to come from? We didn't score a lot of goals last year, and it's like we have the same guys. But we talked about Connor last week. Connor played target striker at the 15th ranked team in the country. From and the in the game, team. he came in for us as a striker. He scored. Right. He was playing out wide most of the year. He's mm-hmm. not a wide forward. Can he play out there? Sure. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of people don't think of the fact that 
there's the other aspects of why we put the team together and how we put it together to Adam's point was like if we can effectively keep possession and pressure high like goals are going to happen and a guy a target guy like Timmy who we talked about when, when he was on the podcast he becomes so much more valuable when he has just diamonds glimmering around him and, and all he has to do is just hold his ground and do his job yeah and you know, and you don't need that thirty-five goal a year. Tim Willis is a guy that can affect the game with two touches. Yeah, yeah, or a, the, a run he makes that right. clears space and no one else is making it. You know, so um, that's why I'm shitting all over your question, David. But yeah, I mean, it's we're gonna be just fine. Exactly mm-hmm. what Adam said. Less. And also, we still have maybe some room to bring people in. You never so. know, Jamie Watson. Last, uh, <laughs> last question. From a Twitter, it just follower. happened. Huh? Yeah, I saw it on my phone. That's why Siri went off. It's from our from another citizen, Goldfish Fibers, and she asks, "What NPSL teams are shaping up to be our toughest competition this year?" Are we talking about in the north? Talking, to, yeah. In we our, can talk about whatever you want. I but mean, yeah, in the in the north, this right? Is, this is your segment. Who's, you can say whatever the, you want. Who are, the, who are the one or two teams that we that we should worry about? I mean, I think we already mentioned. Take seriously. Um, I think we already mentioned. I think VSLT yeah. is is going to be is probably will be our tougher competition. I think yeah, they're, they're a serious organization. Yeah, right? I think they're technical and fast. Um, and, and, but. Um, uh, it's very tough. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that have different different ways of looking at the game. Um, we will scout. I will figure out teams' weaknesses. I'll figure out what they're good at. However, I'm really not focused on any of that. I'm focused on our team because I'll tell you, from watching the league last year and I got to sit back as an assistant coach and really take it all in, we only beat ourselves. No team beat us, we beat ourselves. So if we play the way that we're supposed to play, and now that we're on a nice flat surface, um, (laughs) sky's the limit. And people want to talk about us not scoring goals. South took away more goals than, you know. I would say say there were two games where we did get beat. But it was only two. The Bavarians game. Yeah, uh, Cedar Rapids when we had to win in order to go to the playoffs. Yeah, they took it. They literally just beat us. But where it's you're right, you're right. All right. Anyways, now is the time. The Lupian Automotive Speed Round with one E. I definitely misspelled that. It's the Sped Round. Uh, <laughs> do you drive a car? Is it a piece of shit? Well, you are in luck. You are a fan of Minneapolis City, so we can. Do you better, my friends. We have the folks that can help you out at the local neighborhood Lupian Automotive dealerships. From Kias to Infinities, excuse me, they surely have a car that's better than yours. Visit Lupian.com for all things car. Okay. Okay. Speed round time. Whew. Hopefully you weren't uh, cheating and looking at over my shoulder here. I wish I could. Um, you know how the speed round works. Yeah, I do. Uh, there are 10 questions. You have to answer it in order to get to the next one. Um, I mean, you can pass, but, like, only a few people have ever passed without saying nothing. So don't pass. Uh, like Sam Forsgren saying, like, what what we ask him? We asked Sam Forsgren, like, uh, sing a song that describes you. And he just would not. He just wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, maybe, maybe later I'll sing it. Um, so uh, I ask everyone, do you want to stretch? Do you want some water? I see, like, you know, refill on the, old, on the old whiskey. I got bourbon. Bourbon good, glass good there. Good to go. Good to go. Shocker. Guest on the podcast, there's a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so, um, are you sure? Let's do, Let's do this. Let's all do right. it. All right, Let's so number one, what is the name of the American retired professional basketball player who played for three years at Gonzaga University? That's of relevance to you, which it is. we talk about. Um, and was considered to be one of the top college basketball players in 2005 and 2006. Was drafted by the Carolina Bobcats. Charlotte. Charlotte Bobcats and is a two-time NBA champion. Oh my God, he's got a dirty mustache. Yeah, he has a real dirty mustache. Real dirty mustache. He's retired, um, and my roommate's gonna kill me that I don't know this. The name is the name's escaping me. 
Um, Let me read it again so you get a little more time here. Yeah. Uh, so what is the name of this American retired professional basketball player who played for three years at Gonzaga University and was considered to be one of the top collegiate basketball players in the 2005-2006 season? Went on to be drafted by the Charlotte Bobcats and is a two-time NBA champion. Don't know. Adam something. Uh... Half a point. Half point, Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison! God bless him. My roommate has his jersey. So in 18... No, question number two. So first one was Adam Morrison. Question number two. In 1887, four members of what family first migrated or immigrated to the United States from Bohemia, Austria? So what? Who who immigrated? (laughs) Okay, I'll read it again. Yeah. In 1887... Four members of what family first immigrated to the United States from Bohemia, Austria? Ferdinand. Uh, no. The answer is the Pribble family. Shut up. So <laughs> the first, the first I, answer was... Adam. And the second one was... Pribble. Yep. God any player you in guys are clever. should listen to the damn podcast because <laughs> yeah. you get you two guys, free points. You get yep. two free points yep. every yep. time. All right, number three. Who is the best coach you've ever had and why? And that's uh, and why one question, not, not two. So, mm, sure. Best coach I've ever had, Jonathan Schaefer. He was my freshman coach, Ed De La Salle. Um, best coach because he is a, uh, he's a motivator. Uh, he's a people person, a motivator, and and with all coaching, it's all about motivation. Perfect. Number th- number uh, four. What was the first big soccer match you ever remember watching? I remember watching Man United Real Madrid Champions League two thousand five. Um, there wasn't a lot of soccer on TV, especially if you didn't have cable, and I didn't have cable as a kid. Um, and Real Madrid won four to three, and I remember Zinedine Zidane put this pass through to the real Ronaldo, and he scored from like thirty yards out on the run. And I was like, "Oh, that's this soccer! Is, this is okay. a really cool game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember no one's ever asked me that question, or me, or or Nate. So maybe maybe next week we'll, we'll cover that. We'll talk about yeah. that. Um, all right, let me. Uh, okay, so number five is a hot dog a sandwich? Hell no. Nice. No. Why is it not a sandwich? Because a, it's two pieces of bread makes a sandwich, not a bun. Bun is a single piece of bread, John. But right. what if it separates from? That's your fault. Yeah. Well, then I mean, that's sometimes a, it comes that way. Then that's a bunk ass hot dog. <laughs> so what do you call a hot dog then? A hot dog. Okay. All right. Everyone's got their own. Thing. <laughs> uh, number six. Favorite Minneapolis city nickname. Sammy with the good hair. The beast from the east. Old Faithful or Steve? Steve. Steve. Because I, I don't understand it. <laughs> Everything else kind of makes sense to me. I still don't get Do Steve. Do you know who Old Faithful is? No. Uh, maybe that one. Maybe I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, hit the old podcast archives and find that one. I out. really need to. First uh, player guest. Yeah, first player guest. All right, number seven. Would you rather, everyone gets one of these. Would you rather? Um, some of them are weird. This one is more of a thinker. Would you rather be able to talk to animals or speak every foreign language. Mm. Uh, and why? Every foreign language, because um, I've traveled a lot, and I've there's a lot of women that I've wanted to talk to, and I can't. <laughs> Some might say I a like lot it. of birds you can't speak to. <laughs> so maybe it is. Talk to animals. Right. I don't know. All right, uh, number eight. Doug Sidney, who is the goalkeeper coach for, for Minneapolis City, uh, on your staff. And, uh, like I said, tasked with the goalkeepers. What is his actual job? He's an actor. Are you sure? No. I'm not sure. Is that what you're going to go with? I'm going to go with actor. Um, that's correct. We would also expe- uh, accept uh, host, on-air production specialist, spokesperson, MC, or voice talent. Those are all listed, <laughs> he does on, it all. Those he are does all it listed all. on his LinkedIn page. He's an actor. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of soccer? Four people. Oh, Mount Rushmore of soccer. Um, Pele? Word. Um, You don't uh, have to mention me. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
That's a really good question. Um, who's the German? I mean, again, you don't have to mention me. <laughs> not but... John. Not John. Uh, Goalkeeper or just regular old German? <laughs> no, who's the, in the the Dutch player that uh, yeah, obviously the Ger- bourbon's gotten to me? German and Dutch player. <laughs> That's all I heard. Is... Uh, Cruyff. Cruyff. Johan Cruyff. Okay. Um, Messi will be having his name or his face carved in there as we... So yeah, one more. This is a tough one. I'm going to go um, Colby Jones. Nice. Is that an odd one? No. I mean, it's not odd. Like, yeah. I know why. Yeah. He's the most capped American soccer player in I history. loved watching him. And, yeah. Yeah. He was a great player. All right. So we had... Uh, I wasn't even paying. Messi, Messi Kobe Jones. Kobe Jones. Uh, the German, the German guy. Cruyff. Cruyff. <laughs> and, and Pele. And Pele. All right. Great. Um, just for the record, Cruyff is not German. He's um, Dutch, anyways, isn't he? He's Dutch. Yeah. Uh, number 10, last one. You've almost made it. Woo! Being a goalkeeper, you're kind of on an island. You're, mm. Some might say you're an islander. <laughs> Weird how that happens. <laughs> some games you just need to keep your mind occupied because you're not getting a lot of action. What is the oddest thing you've ever thought about sitting in between the, the, the sticks? Um... We asked James the same thing, and it was, I don't even remember what it was. It was well, weird. I'm gonna get I'll get weird. Um, that's that's bad. so <laughs> probably the oddest thing that I do to occupy my mind as a keeper, um, and this is probably before I really got started wearing boxer briefs. Um, oh boy! But I would stand with my legs like wide open, and I'd kind of shake my just, hips left to right yeah, just let the, and kind of let my balls slap my legs left and right yeah. and that is what I did to pass the time that, hey you not know, a whole lot going on up here yeah Sometimes. but it passes the time doesn't it Nate <laughs> I've been in so many creative meetings <laughs> I'm done with your media plan just stay stand up and move around let my balls knock against the inside of my thighs. That's where all the man. creative juices flow. All right, Adam. Buffalo th- Trace bourbon, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not an official sponsor, but feel free to throw a couple bucks into the hat. Um, Adam, thank you so much for being with us thank here today. Thank you for having me. Hope you had me. a great time. We wish you the best of luck with the, the team this summer, and we look forward to the MPSL National championship, you promised me when we hired you as head coach. And that'll do it for tonight, folks. <laughs> Thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing. <laughs> spring is officially here, and the new spring saison <laughs> is in effect. This traditional Belgian saison is the latest in their Unchained series, which is always amazing. Summit, go get some. Membership for 2017, they're on sale. $60 gets you a season pass. It gets you a fancy new membership scarf, and the ability to make what we created your own. And oh my God, so much soccer. If you're not quite sure that you want to commit to a full season pass, I get it. You got a busy summer. You don't really care. Whatever. Eight bucks will get you in if you buy ahead, which you should do right now. Otherwise, it's 10 bucks at the door. Head over to Minneapolis City, MPLSCitySC.com, and get whichever entry method you want the fun today it's gonna be a good time I'm really excited Uh, Minneapolis City is out on the town we're helping kids connect to this fine sport but we need the help and support of the people so if you're looking to align yourself with a fine group that loves to give back you are in luck Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate to have a safe reliable place to play this beautiful game it's never too early to give Consider giving to the club that gives back. If you want to get a hold of us, and I mean me and John, we have made it easy. You can send us a note on Twitter, at The People's Pitch. It's the name of the podcast. Yep. Or you can hit us through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All of those questions and comments and concerns are welcome, of course. Uh, Please get in a Twitter fight with us. We want it. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up at mplscitysc on Twitter. And that is all for this week. We will be back next week with more soccer, more banter, and another guest in the studio for a chat. We're going to leave you with some brand new hotness from this house band, Go Get Em Tiger. This is a song called Highway 9. Yeah. I am Nate. That is Adam. That is John. And you are the fans. Enjoy your week, friends. Peace out. You You got got hoofed.
to disarray.